It's 6.28 p.m. And welcome, a little bit late, to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sandsbury. So apologies for the slight delay there. We had some problems pressing the button between Zoom and um, and Facebook. The internet was trying to tell us not to go live. Yes, yes. Oh, the hilarity of the man that doesn't have to do any of the technical side of it. With the Usually the go live button just goes missing. And today it was confidently there, lulling you into a false sense of security that when you pressed it, it might actually work. But yes. here we are, a beautiful, beautiful sunny day. And um, yeah, how's it all going? Um, it's um, it's not going too bad, to be fair. Um, I'm I'm a little bit pinker than normal. Um, I've been out in the sunshine. I don't really like the heat, to be really honest with you. But I've walked up walked up um, the hill today with my daughter um, uh, and sat on a bench, looking looking over the the grand vista that is Portsmouth. And um, yeah, so yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a good day so far. Let's <laughs> see what we can do about that. Marvelous. Well, How about you? Well, uh, yeah, no, been a cha- challenging week. Uh, the eldest is at home with a badly shattered ankle. Um, so the good people of QA, the surgeons, pinned him back together on Monday over the course of five hours, and uh, he's got two weeks of being having to keep his um, his elbow above his hip which as you might imagine when you think about all the things that need to happen is somewhat challenging so uh, yeah it's been a it's been a tough week in the morris household but we continue to keep pushing forward and uh, and obviously the the weather makes such a difference and i i got back to the gym on friday i think yeah friday afternoon so yeah first time i've gone just with me guide dog um because obviously with all the wiping down i've been taking the eldest lad but uh, he's probably gonna be out of commission for a good month or two so um yeah i got back through stuff about sprayed lots of cleaner in fairly random directions but i think i got most of the machine so yeah we're all good we're all good so on today's show well what have we got going down simon so on today's show um we are as as the um second installment of our three installment piece that is a month or so um which is we're inviting on um councillors from each of the three main parties um who were newly elected in in may's local elections um so this week we've got councillor kimberly kimberly barrett um last week we were um we were joined um by um kirsty meller from the labor party and charles dickens um and then on in a change to our normal schedule so it's monday the 21st we've got daniel Eighth. weems Hmm? 28th 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 thank you so monday the 28th we we're jo- we're being joined by daniel weems because um you're unfortunately busy this the sunday so you're having to yeah sussex versus yorkshire in the national blind cricket league so uh yeah i will be i will be otherwise engaged and i'm not sure you'd want to see me in the full sussex lycra i'm not sure that's something our listeners are, are quite ready for so uh I, I, so no yeah. look <laughs> I think that we, we'll spare them that one. We'll Beautiful. Them. No, no, lovely to see. Um, lovely to to have Kirsty on again. But before we get into all of that, what happened on this day? 
So, um, so on this day, um, 1917, uh, in so in World War One, the deadli deadliest German air raid in Lon on London took took place during the First World War. Um, it was carried out by uh, Gotha G bombers and results in 162 deaths Bad. and 432 injuries. Um, on this day in 1920, the U.S. Post Office says that children cannot be sent by parcel post. Because yeah, which I think. Because apparently they had a big issue with um, it being too expensive to actually take children actually as passengers, so people were mailing them instead. Yeah, and of course, health and safety gone mad. The post office says, no, you can't do that oh, anymore. I know, you can't do anything you know, with health and safety. Yeah, yeah 100, 101 years on, it's not got better, has it? No, 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 don't post your children. How do you get them through the slot in the letterbox? Maybe they're different over I, in the yeah, US, I, but I, anyway. Yeah, I don't, think it, I don't think it's the same sort of arrangement. I don't, I don't think you, you actually fit the children through the letterbox. So 1942, the first V2 rocket launch in uh, Pinamundi um, in Germany um, reached 1.3 kilometres. So um, in, you know, in many ways, the, the start of the space race. Um, so, um, and 1972, a couple in Portsmouth were surprised by the six-week-early arrival of their of their young child. That was me. Oh, who now is, of course, looking slightly more weather-beaten and lobster-esque in their nature. So, happy birthday, Simon. Thank you very much. Um, uh, 1983, Na uh, NASA's Pioneer 10 becomes the first man-made object to leave the solar system. Yeah, yeah, that's never coming back, is it? Um, well, if it does, it, I mean, by judging by all the films that use it as a mechanism by which um, it does return to Earth, it doesn't end well for us. So yeah, let's hope it. Let's hope it does. Yeah, no, um, no. So um, whether that's, you know, whether that's to do with Star Trek: The Motion Picture, that was VJ, wasn't it? I'm out of my depth, if I'm honest. Okay. Uh, the old alien face huggers and that sort of thing, I'm I'm good with. But no, 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 no Star Trek. No, not for me. Okay. Not for me. Um, but shall we go ahead and let uh, let Kimberly in because it's rather Let's... it's rather warm in the waiting room. Absolutely. Let's do it. Hello, Kimberly. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to find a spot where it doesn't isn't so dark. Yeah, it, it was. It was a bit. We didn't think you were transmitting from a cave, but it's fine. Don't worry. Um, it's just we. In, it just looks really um, strange in contrast to because both of us are nearly whitewashed out because um, of the because of the light. But um, no, we'll we um, we'll be fine. You haven't gone all Harry Potter on us and are broadcasting from the cupboard under the stairs. Oh no, this is my husband's collection of stuff. So. Uh, <laughs> it, no problem. Well, thank you for coming on, Kimberly, and congratulations on uh, on your recent win in Milton. I guess you must be delighted. Yeah, over the moon. It's it's a, the end of a very well. I say the end. It's the beginning of a really interesting time and something that I'm really looking forward to doing. And um, obviously, being a month in, um, it's been really interesting and lots to talk about that's superb <laughs> so for any of our listeners that haven't uh, haven't heard you speak before can you just start by just giving us a brief introduction of yourself and how did you end up getting into politics uh, well i'm kimberly barrett for anyone who doesn't know um and i'm the new ward councillor down in milton for the liberal democrats um and i am also now the cabinet member for climate control and the green recovery um it's 
me getting into politics, it started a little while ago. Well, it seems like a while ago anyway. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, I, I run the Keep Milton Green group um, and that started literally we're a few weeks away from it being seven years old now um when we were facing mass development down at the hospital at st james's um and residents here don't want that at all because it's something that we love and have used for decades now um so when i found out i was pregnant at the time the thought of my child having to watch this landscape disappear and not even know about it led me to start the campaign group and um, I reached out to anybody and everybody possible and the people who came back to me and were on board and the reason why I got involved um, was the Lib Dems they were there at every meeting I, I think they probably hated seeing my number come up on their phone because I was constantly calling them and asking them questions and asking for help um, but they were there all the time and it just amazed me that you could have people um, who would just be willing to be there and help not just election time but all year round and that sort of prompted me to find out a little bit more about them and then get involved you kind of judge prejudged our next question as well oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's all right don't worry um that's thrown it that's thrown us a one <laughs> um so um Yes, I guess so. On that, so our follow-up question was was going to be, um, what lured you to the Liberal Democrats rather than any other party? <laughs> well, I suppose yeah, I sort of uh, talked a little bit. <laughs> no, I, I mean, like I said, it was just the fact that they were there all the time. They were willing to answer my boring questions, my just questions in general, and turn up and be there and support. I think that was the thing. Um, and beforehand, I was so used to thinking that you know with politics that you know nothing gets done and that you know it is just what it is and everything will get pushed through but seeing how hard they worked um it just really made me think about things and because I've always been one to go out and vote um my mum and dad have always been very specific that you know women died for me to be able to vote so I've always gone out and voted but never felt like I had no have we lost Kimberly? We have indeed lost Kimberly. Has someone gone and put their spade through the fibre optic cable in Milton? S as long as it's not those pesky folks from Aquind. Kimberly oh. Barrett has. Oh, she's back. Yeah. Oh. Ah, I don't know what happened there. You're back. Sorry. Ah. It, we we <laughs> lost you half um part way through. Um, you um so sorry. You were probably mid. Right in, right in the flow there. So you um you you were talking about um your mum was keen on voting about you know obviously the history of securing the the, the women's vote and and um uh, yeah uh, and the Lib Dems being there and um and you banging their door effectively uh, a, a lot um and yes. asking, asking loads of questions. You've summed it up exactly. Yeah. So I know it's almost like it's almost like we were listening. No, we were. We, yeah, we do. We honestly, we do listen. We don't. I mean, I know our production values are low, but we we generally are interested. So, uh, so in terms of one of those, come on. And again, you you. I don't want a politician's self-deprecating answer here. You know. So why do you think you won Milton? I think it's 
because I've been involved in the community for for a number of years now and I think that's probably the main thing and and working in the community as well with my my normal job so to speak I I am for the last four years I've worked for the community centre and we have people of all different ages and groups coming in and so I always think that does help that people have known me for a long time now and they know that I haven't gone away that I've been there throughout the whole time um and obviously where I've got a bit more involved in the politics over the last three four years um with the keep Milton green group my objective is always to leave all politics at the door because all my admin team uh they are they either belong to different parties or no parties at all which is why I think our group works so well because we can we all have very different views but we leave that at the door um and I think people appreciate that I think they don't want to see politicians bickering all the time I know I always used to hate it um but I think yeah I think that did help um and yeah just the fact that I was there all year round you know it's the same as you know the rest of my team you know it's not just about election time you have to show the people that you actually care about what's going on and you have to be there throughout the year turning up a few weeks before election um people you know they're not stupid they cotton on and you know that's why I hope that or part of the reason why I was elected I hope that's the reason why is because I've shown that you know I'm not going to disappear anytime soon and I'm always happy to listen to people regardless whether they lean more towards me or my party or not I, I just want to be able to help people super excellent so Milton seems to be quite the Lib Dem stronghold um what do you think it is that makes it that I think it's the team that we have in Milton I mean with Gerald obviously he's been around for quite some time and everyone seems to know Gerald um same with Ben um you know, we laugh, everyone seems to laugh, but he gets called Mr. Milton when we're out and about. And it's like, oh, hi, Mr. Milton. It's not Ben or Councillor Dowling, it's Mr. Milton. <laughs> um, but it's it's just because we've got a good, hardworking team, I think. And I think people do appreciate that. And I know when I was knocking on doors, there were a lot of people who perhaps don't lean towards the Lib Dems, but would vote for us because they've seen that we are working hard and we are willing to go out and knock every single door as well, whether we know that someone behind there may vote differently. We just want to go out, listen and try and make things better. So I think I think that's probably why it is seen as a Lib Dem stronghold. But equally, it's always down to the people of Milton. You know, if they if they wanted to change this time, they would have voted differently. Um, but it's always down to them, really. And I'm just thankful that they they put their faith in me this time. Absolutely. You touched on the door knocking there. And, mm. um, you know, again, I, I get a little insight into it back when we could meet in person. You know, uh, Simon stairs stacked up with boxes of Lib Dem propaganda. But I guess for somebody, oh, for you. people who've never been involved in a political campaign, can you just give us an insight into, you know, the amount of work that is that that, that goes on that sort of in that year leading up to the to the actual vote? Yeah, it's, I, it, I wouldn't say we slack at all. And obviously, like you've said, you've seen Simon Stairs. They probably fill up all the time with leaflets um, because we work throughout the year. Um, it's it is a lot of work. I think you have to be able to prove to people that you're willing to to work hard for them. You have to then put in the work to do that. So um, um, lots of delivery, all sorts of things like that and door knocking and listening to residents as well. That's 
I when we could not knock on doors um I was on the telephone a lot talking to people but I so miss knocking on doors lots of people think I'm absolutely barking mad sometimes but I love being able to stand in front of someone and hear what's going on with them and then if there's something that I can rectify I think that's the best place because I've actually gone out and spoken to them to take the time and effort and then they're taking the time and effort not to slam the door in my face and actually talk back to me and I missed that so much during the um the lockdowns it obviously spoke to a lot of people on the phone but um but yeah it's 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 I think you do have to put a lot of time and effort if you want to be a candidate for any party um because I really do think you need to prove to people that you're willing to work exceptionally hard for them it's not an easy job being a counsellor I've already learned that in the first month um, because there's a lot of people who have a lot of complex problems that need help with Um, but it's it's a great job when you are elected it really is so yeah it's worth all the effort to run a campaign and how does that I guess how does it feel that sort of week after when they you know they read your name out or when you're looking at that ballot and or you're looking at the early ballots and you can see the stacks starting to pile up you know I guess there's there's the elation of the 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 night and the result but is there is there a little bit of you know after after the results have been read I wish so I was planning obviously the count happened on the Saturday and I thought if I and when I saw that I had one I thought fantastic I'm going to take Sunday off and and sleep because I hadn't slept in maybe more than a month um I'm sure any campaigner or or um, candidate will tell you that the last month is definitely the most stress stressful month so I was looking forward to sleeping for a day or two but within an hour and a half of me being elected and the results have gone on the council website my casework was streaming in so I didn't get to sleep for at least a good week I would say but um yeah it, it it's an amazing feeling to have when you realize you've won um and normally everyone says to me are oh, you sort of it chills out and then you start work but most of us new candidates and the um re-elected councillors didn't really get that chance I suppose because it was so delayed this year um so I've started sleeping again, albeit the casework phone calls and emails have definitely not stopped in the meantime. <laughs> and the, the count was a bit, it was different this time as well, wasn't it? Normally that would have been in like an, an overnight affair. Um, yes. Um, whereas this time, you know, we had the verification um, on the, on the Friday and then the, the, the count on the, on the Saturday. Um, so it, it, it was a, it was an entirely different environment, wasn't it? Yeah, I it, I found it sad because I've been to counts before and obviously we had to do it this way because of health and safety reasons to make sure everyone kept safe. But it was it was difficult because I was obviously it's uh, most candidates, you know, were hoping to run in 2020 and it would have been a very different situation there. I would have been able to have my partner there to support me on the night and um, that wasn't possible this time, um, which is fair enough. But and it, the atmosphere was very different. It's very empty when you went into a room this time instead of having crowds of people and lots of support behind you. I didn't thankfully have to go up onto the stage because I hate making long speeches so um, and short speeches. Um, so I was just pleased to have it announced, have my photo done and then get out there so I could have something to eat because I hadn't eaten in God knows how long because I was, it, it, it's just because you had to wait instead of 
going through polling day, having a little rest and then going straight to the count. You just had to wait on the Friday and then wait until it was your turn on the Saturday. And it felt like such a long, drawn out process. And it was in a way it was a relief when it was done. Um, but yeah, it was it was a very different situation. And I'm looking forward to hopefully things being back to normal next year where it'll be a, a sort of a much more social event. I think that's the way to describe it account. It's even though you're waiting to get these results, it's a social event between a lot of the parties. And we all talk to each other regardless while we're waiting for the results to come through. And I definitely miss that this time. Uh, definitely. It's Rob Simon of his social highlight of the year. Gives the... <laughs> You know, again, I know he loves it, and then the, then the the walk of shame back from the back from the guild hall. Yeah, four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I mean, it's so, not the first time I've walked back from the guild hall in shame, but um, yeah, I was going to say yes. But, this 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 podcast could take an entirely different turn at this yeah, point. Let, let's, but let's let's, let's, not, let's refocus. Let, let's yeah, let's get back to the matter in hand. Um, so um, you t- you touched on uh, you touched on KMG before, but um, do you, do you think that your involvement with that has helped? I think it probably helped a little bit, but I've got to be honest, um, when I look at KMG um, and you, as an admin, you can see the breakdown of where people live and we're over 11,000 members now. And I can tell you that 11,000, those 11,000 members don't all live in Milton. So although I might, you know, a lot of people know me and know the work myself and my other admins do and, and the things I've been up to, not all of them would have been able to vote for me anyway. So I think although it might have helped a little bit, I, I I much prefer to be out and about talking to people. I think that's a better way. And I don't think social media or KMG necessarily sort of absolutely made me jump over the line with everything. But I, it definitely helps. I think it did. But yeah, I think it was more the fact that I've been out and about and been been around for quite some time now. Okay. Perfect. Come on, we're going to get into deep political analysis here. I'm going to go all <laughs> question time. So if you look at the Lib Dems campaign in 2021, um, there were two seats lost, um, but you preserved six of the eight that you had up on uh, up for grabs, which is obviously the biggest number of seats that, that, that were contested. And you've ended up as the minority or, you know, one seat behind the Conservatives. So how would you describe the 2021 campaign? Obviously yourself, you're turning cartwheels, you won. But for the Liberal Democrats as a whole, how would um, you describe the 21 campaign? Really well. I'd say we went really well because we're still in administration. So, you know, yeah. we couldn't ask for anything better. I know, yeah. I know you're not happy. Yeah. but um... He gets all sulky <laughs> about this. It's, don't look, look, it's okay, Ian. I'd like to say that you'll Welcome. get your chance again, but probably not, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> keep going keep going (laughs) yeah no I I obviously really sad that we lost Steve and Matthew but to their credit um when I've been out and about walking around the city with my family is particularly in the areas they you know they were councillors for some people still call them councillor you know Winnington and councillor Pitt so you know there's still this recognition that you know they thought and a lot of people obviously the outpouring of grief I saw for them both on on Facebook um I think it showed that they were good counsellors. It's just they were picked to the post at the end of the day. Um, and I do hope that they will both come back at some point because I think they are really good counsellors. But, of course, I do wish, and I've met Charlotte and I've met um, 
John and they're both really lovely people so I look forward to doing some work with them and, and chatting to them but of course even though I think we've done it exceptionally well you know full credit to Matt and Steve because they they were fantastic counsellors but yeah overall I think we've done exceptionally well for the night I mean we walked away with the most seats we walked away with the administration at the end of the day um couldn't really ask for more really no and it's interesting isn't it that that dynamic and is you know you you touched on your own journey which was about actually wanting to do the right thing for the community and almost Mm -hmm. the the colour of the party rosette was almost a second choice versus you know the the first objective is is to be supportive and I think mm. you know it was very clear to me that that you know and again I, I don't know Matt as well I don't know Steve that well but we our paths have crossed on a several different occasions and and there seemed to be an awful lot of you know respect for Steve and for Matt even though you know politically you know people may not have supported their politics but recognized that hard graft that the councillors put in and often the majority of the work is unseen and unsung definitely and if if when my you know whenever my term finishes at whatever point if I can walk away um like Steve and Matt have done see how much good work they've done and see the amount of support they've got and the good wishes and and see the actual you know all the stuff that's coming out from residents I speak to where they've helped them. If I could walk away and, and have that, then I would always be really happy because I think it just shows how hard they have worked. And that's not just to, you know, Steve and Matt, that's to other councillors who, you know, haven't retained their seats at any point. I think it's always going to be disappointing. But I think when you know that you've helped people, um, I think it sort of softens the blow a bit, to be honest. Indeed. So what would you? So it's about a month now. I think the other day you you posted on Facebook saying it it mm. been a, it had been a month. So what what have you what have you learned in your first month? I've learned. I think the first thing I can say that I've learned that the council officers are total unsung heroes. To know exactly how much work they do, what's going on behind the scenes, the projects that they are pushing to come forwards. The council often gets a lot of stick and you don't see a lot of uh, positive feedback, but more negative as with everything else. Um, but I've I've talked to almost all departments of the council. I've spoken to hundreds of council officers, well, 100 plus now, and they are all amazing. They've been so welcoming and um, starting to take over some of the projects and look at some of the things we can work on. They are absolutely fantastic. So that's definitely, I think, the the top thing I've learned but equally I've learned that being a counsellor is not a it's not a small job it's a very big job every day is very different um and then being a cabinet member that is also additional work on top but this climate role is completely up my street I am so excited to be working with as an umbrella role across the council and as I said, the staff have been so welcoming and it the first month, it's not quite a month being a cabinet member, but it's been a whirlwind, but it's amazing and it's fantastic and I'm absolutely loving it. Great stuff. That, that segues, I think we've, we've got you down as our climate change czar. 
we've nominated <laughs> you as a as a czar. So can can you? I mean, we we heard the role announced. Could you just explain a little bit more, kind of what what does the role entail? So my role is it's I like to describe it as an umbrella role across the council. So. Um, Obviously, the climate emergency was agreed um, at full council a couple of years ago, and we recognise that there, we have to push on with trying to make this city as clean and healthy um, as possible. And obviously, with the climate um, emergency at the moment, there's we really have to push forward with making things better. So with my role, um, like I said, with the umbrella role, um, I've got meetings all across the council. So obviously um, I've had a lot of meetings uh, with the climate um, air team who are amazing people uh, to talk about the CAS, the clean air zone. Um, I'm meeting with several political groups, uh, sorry, not political groups, green groups across the um across the city so friends of the earth i've got a meeting with next week um i've got um uh, ports with climate um commit uh, the climate change committee i've meeting with them tomorrow i've met with several already and um the final straw pro- foundation they're amazing so it's sort of it where i say it's this umbrella i'm i'm looking at some just say for example I might look at any new build council homes um, and making sure that when they're built they have solar panels or some sort of renewable energy that they're up at building standards then jumping onto something else like um, something I'm working on right now um, because residents have contacted me about it is pesticides people are worried about that you know causing real issues green wise so we're looking at alternatives there um, and then another one that I've been looking at is renewable energy in general across the city, whether it's wind turbines or solar panels. Um, hopefully we'll have some projects coming up there at some point soon. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of like feeding, looking at each portfolio and just feeding into that and seeing what we could do in each portfolio to make things greener, healthier. Um, but also my role, although it says green recovery at the end, it's also COVID recovery because it's going to be a big thing um, when hopefully we start to return to some sort of normal. Um, So although it's green recovery, it's also green COVID recovery because people are going to have these long-term, well, some already have long-term COVID. So I'm working with public health on a lot of things as well at the moment to see where we can improve and help things as a council. Um, But I'm also working with outside bodies as well to see where we can improve and make better links with the council so that we can prove things across the city so it's quite a diverse role and new role and I'm currently linking up with some other people across the country who have a similar role to me just so that we sort of were on board with each other but it's a really interesting role um I'm finding out all sorts of things I never knew about especially in all these different departments um and yeah it's just been really interesting and I've it's really good to be able to get my teeth into something uh, because my past life before children I worked in the solar panel industry so any kind of renewable energy right up my street and always so pleased to hear that there's more things like that going in and I will be pushing for more things like that to go in as well. Well it sounds to me Kimberly like you you know you've not taking the shoes and socks off and had a little paddle have you you've <laughs> I've I, think, I believe, the, I believe the, te- the technical term is running bomb where you have just <laughs> had a, again shouted incoming and uh yeah there's a well 
you know, may, may as well go uh, all in. So uh, no, well, I suppose, congratulations. Thank you. I suppose you have to though at the moment because this this problem, the climate emergency, it's not going to go away. It's not going to slow down at any point. So we just have to push on and start getting on with things or carrying on with things. Sorry, I should say, um, but trying to push them forward quicker when possible. Okay. So it's almost like this is planned. So moving <laughs> swiftly on from that, so every and, and climate is a climate change is a, is a really good example of this. Everyone seems to agree that there's a problem, or most people seem to agree that there's a problem, but the but the solutions are often unpopular or, or too difficult. Um, how how do you think that real that sort that sort of level of either unpopular or difficult change can be achieved? I think it's possible. Um, I mean, I'll take for example. Uh, something which we I know a lot of councillors had opposition to but has been overwhelmingly successful to the point that people were asking for more is the bike hangers people were so some people were sorry I should say were so cross that they were going to lose half a car parking space down their road or one single car parking space that you know you would have thought that we were ripping their car away from them but once we sh had shown that it was working well and it was it, it went really well to the point that we are now having people come to us asking us to put cycle hangers in down their road. Of course, every cycle hanger that goes in that can fit six bikes in, that's six trips potentially around the city that you won't be doing by car because let's be honest, it's a, it's a flat city, the majority of it anyway. Um, and, you know, it's quite easy to get around. Um, so, you know, it's it's... People do find it uncomfortable and do get cross about things changing. But equally, I think it's about taking people along with you, you know, sort of not rushing into things, taking people along with you and showing that once something's happening, it's for the greater good um, and that it does work and it does help us as all as a residents of this city with the air quality and with health in general. Um, but equally, I do. And I do think I have to say that you know some conversations might be uncomfortable but we have to have those conversations about car use um better cycleways across the city that sort of thing uh, for it to happen and some people the council can do a certain amount but obviously we're restricted what we can do by government and then we're also restricted as to what we can do by by residents you know we we can take people along with us but ultimately it's always down to uh, people as to whether they would be willing to give up the second or third car a decision does have to be made by people at some point which we can't force people to do but i hope that by putting in better measures across the city uh, whether it's better cycleways you know more secure places to lock your bike up um you know and better transport whether it's public transport sorry um which is something that will come up because there's a government paper being released about that soon um but the if we do that and make things better for people then i'm hoping that we bring them on this journey to show that it is possible to not drive everywhere um and that it will just improve but we have to have those uncomfortable conversations and we have to make those changes all together we have to do it together or it won't it won't work do you think the political dimension gets in the way though Kimberly because I think you know Simon touched on everyone agree there are too many cars on Portsea Island we all agree and I think yeah. you know you know we're all hold hands on that 
Now, neither Simon and I live on Portsea Island, so we can be pious, and Simon doesn't have a car at all, and I don't have one either, so I can be pious, even though there are two on my drive. Um, but there's an element of, once you get into the heart of the city, everyone agrees there are too many cars, mm. but nobody wants to either give up their car or have to pay a permit or a levy or a toll to have the additional car. And obviously, any administration that... that you know, th there's lots of good carrot, but effectively, when it comes to having to wield a little bit of stick, is, is that politically toxic? And do you think that's something that potentially in your role you could draw consent cross-party consensus together? I'm I'm hopeful. I am hopeful um, that you know cross-party we can work together on this, and I think it has been done before. But I think it it because it involves these difficult conversations to try to get people to you know cycle or, or do other things that it can cause problems I mean I've been called I, I don't drive and I've been called anti-car and when I do occasionally cycle when no one's looking um I've been I I also have been called anti-cyclist so it's it's quite difficult when you know that you're not and you're just trying to improve things for people and make things better but it's just having that like I said it's having those conversations and bringing people along on this journey as well if you don't do it it's going to be difficult anyway and things are not going to improve so um, I'm hopeful that cross-party that we can achieve this together because if we don't work on this together then you know we're we're not in a good situation but yeah the risk is, isn't it, is that we keep dancing around it. Yeah. You know, there, there, there are little, we make tiny little incremental improvements, but don't really address the, the big issues no. because they're too difficult. No, and that's that's what we need to push past is obviously the little changes. They're always a good thing, but we need to be pushing forward for the bigger changes. And, you know, everyone has to be on board for that. Um, and that's where I'm hoping that with my role, that, and I've got um, I know I've got my opposition spokespeople then and we'll be having meetings and things like that so I'm hoping that we will all be on the same path and we can all work together to encourage residents to to make these decisions that will better their lives in a way you know anything that makes it healthier for the air we breathe you know myself and my kids anything that um, reduces the health problems and uh you know up at QA when they get um their black alerts and things like that where they're absolutely chocker and obviously with the COVID situation we've had at the moment and long COVID and all this other stuff going on if we work together that's the way that we push forward with this but equally at the same time I am very happy to like I said to work with the officers to just start pushing forward these projects and I'm hoping that you know other councillors will be on board with them because it's only going to make things better in the long run do you, th do you think a bit of that is um is about so because you know we it, to some degree car use and parking and cycleways have have been used as a bit of a political football and actually made quite a toxic subject um yeah. and you know to, to to some people's narrative it it seems to it seems a very easy thing to try and pit the needs of cyclists and car users against each other and that I guess an example of that in the locals wasn't really helpful where the there were several leaflets put about you know scaremongering people about um about yeah. cycle schemes and road closure schemes that that didn't actually exist yeah um yeah do you think kind of a, a bit of that is it, as much as 
you know how you, how you would intend to achieve that would be working um to take people with you but do you think also a part of that is maybe actually other parties of of whatever flavor also agree to stop making this a political football so that something can actually get done that would be absolutely wonderful and i, I hope other other parties would sort of uh, almost like pledge to to stop the political football you know i know you know everyone can be as bad as each other when mm -hmm. it comes to locals but i mean i was it was annoying when i saw those leaflets going out and knowing that it's not everything that was being said in there was not true um but yeah no i think i think you're right it, it would be lovely if if we were all sort of on the same track and you know you didn't worry because this is what causes the problem when you have misinformation go out then people get upset worried it and then really it really starts to cause problems unnecessarily and I think it's really wrong when you when residents are caught in this situation where you know they only know what's being put on something or or on the internet and you know they just don't know and I I wish that wouldn't happen um because it would make everybody's lives easier if that was the case um, so I'm I'm hopeful that you know as we proceed forward that between all all parties that you know we can just put things aside and let's just get on with it let's just do the best for the city because that's what people want they don't like the political point scoring it's it's boring and they get frustrated and I never liked it even before I was part of a party and during being part of a party so I'm just keen to put that to one side and let's just get on I think I think that's the best way forward. I'll vote for that. Thank you. <laughs> so, the Lib Dems minority administration once again voted back into office by Labour, um, which is interesting, seeing as Labour's um, campaign strategy seemed to be to only attack the uh, the, the Lib Dem seats. Um, obviously, in Central South Sea with Steve, they came very close in Fratton. Um, and in uh, East and Cranswater, you could argue they split the left vote to allow the Conservative through. So having fought you uh, at the ballot box, they voted the Lib Dem administration back in. And obviously all the cabinet posts get filled by Lib Dems. So do you think the current, the current way of winner takes all is entirely fair? Um, I, do you know what? I think we, when I look at the results of the election, we did win the most amount of seats across the city. We won six um, and everyone else got less than us. I know that we lost two and I know that we're one behind the Tories in seat wise, but equally when it comes to making the decision as to who's running the administration, um, then, you know, we walked away with the most amount of seats and if other parties opted to support us running the council rather than anyone else, that's, that's down to them rather than necessarily us. So I, I'm pleased that, you know, Labour and um, the independents that they supported us running the city. Um, they obviously thought we do a good job because otherwise they wouldn't have done that and they would have seen the Tories come back in. So I'm pleased that they think that we're doing an absolutely fantastic job and opted to keep us in uh, for an, at least another year. And I'm hopeful that will carry on. Um but I'm, I'm going to be playful with you here. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Are you certain that was their motivation? Oh, I, 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 I am. I am. Whilst I, 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 I understand you taking the, they're, they're doing a fantastic job. You know, another stat to throw into the mix is that the Conservatives had 36% of the vote. Labour had 28% of the vote. 
the Lib Dems had 27% of the vote, yet you you effectively win the council. Uh, yeah, but I suppose that's how it is this time, isn't it? And um, I mean, if, and also, I suppose, with a minority administration, if other parties rule out working with us, then I suppose it is what it is. And I, I'm I'm just genuinely pleased that other people saw uh, decided to vote for us to run the council than others because I I mean of course I might be slightly biased but I do think we do a damn good job and I I mean I don't know what went on with the other parties what their decisions were because I didn't um, have any discussions with them personally but I just assume like I said that um, you know they must think that we're doing a good job otherwise they wouldn't have voted us in at the end of the day so that's what I'm going to take from that. No so. no I love your optimism one of us is the blind optimist and it's not me in this regard so I think the 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 so it's a it's a choice of the Tories or that chap there in the hooded cow with the scythe I think I like the look of him better so um wow. no no I absolutely get in the, in this regard it was as Simon has told me repeatedly it was only ever going to go one way so let, let's hope it was a ringing endorsement for the uh for the well-run nature of the Lib Dem administration yeah. <laughs> so what's your what's your next big priority what's the next big action um, well, I've uh, in my role, um, I think the next thing I'm focusing on, um, other than casework at the moment, is Clean Air Day, which is coming up next uh, oh, this week. Um, so we've got lots of stuff going on around that, um, which um, we've got uh, with cleaning Air Portsmouth. Um, so if anyone wants to get involved in this, please do. We've actually got a photographic competition where we're hoping people will go out and take photos of, of Portsmouth and um, submit it to us. And we've got some really great prizes um, to try and get you active around the city. So scooters, helmets, protective gear, things like that. So um, we're sort of trying to focus. Well, I'm personally trying to focus a lot on the clean air um, and We've got the clean air zone coming up in November. So hopefully we'll be doing a number of projects around that. Um, and especially with the COP26 as well, um, which is happening in November. So you'll, you'll definitely see a lot of projects coming from the council, a lot of events um, and not just between us. We're looking at working with Portsmouth University, um, with Portsmouth Climate Action Board, um, and with a number of other groups so that is definitely one of the big things I'm focusing on but I suppose the other thing that I'm trying to push for at the moment is some more green initiatives around the city um, so it could be more trees wildflower meadows um, bushes anything like that and also like I said before the renewable technology um, I'm really pleased to say that by the end of the year the port um, 70 percent of uh, their power will be supplied to them from their own solar panels you know we're getting so close to getting to well we're starting to get close towards our 2030 target so we just need to carry on pushing with all these different initiatives and I'm hoping people get on board contact me if you have any concerns or or your war counsellors especially when it comes to greening um, absolutely up for that we've got a pot of money that we can look at and obviously councillors have in their wards have seal money so between us we can sort things out um so yeah there's lots of things coming up and it makes me quite excited to be honest to see all these things coming to fruition which have been started 
before I came along, but also since I've come along. Um, so yeah, I, it, exciting times coming up and I look forward to carrying on getting my teeth into all this stuff and, and like I said, pushing forward because that's, that's what we have to do all together. Okay, it sounds like a busy but exciting time for you and the city. I, I looked at my diary and my next day off, apart from, um, I think I've got, well, no, I can't even count next weekend off because I've got, I've organised a jumble trail, Milton, um, is actually I've got a Thursday off on the third week of July. So I'm booking that off completely so that I can read a book because <laughs> I've got some overdue library books soon that need to go back. So, <laughs> Well, yeah, we don't, we, don't, we don't want the next piece in the news to be cabinet member yeah. shirks yeah. library yeah. fine be awful that's, that's going to be you know that uh, that would just bring the administration down that would be terrible yes. um, <laughs> I, I, I guess that, and, and it's one of the things that I've always reflected on Kimberly and I'd be interested in your perspective on it mm. it, it, it feels to me like the, the role of a counsellor could be should be more than a full-time role yeah. um, and obviously if you're a cabinet member there's a little bit more money but there's not a significant salary there no do you, you know do you feel that the do you feel there should be i mean my, my I, I won't share my view but in terms of we we, we seem to expect an awful lot from our ward councillors mm. um but we almost expect them to do it for goodwill and shirt buttons um yeah i mean uh, if I take away my normal job, which um, I only work part time and do sort of nine to nine to 15 hours a week, depending on when I'm needed at work, if I take that completely away. And I look if I take, for example, the last week. So obviously being a cabinet member, you will do more meetings and more things. But um, my husband is quite shocked that he earns more than I do, but he does less hours because I've done a 60 62 hour week last week mm. um i mean I've, i'm up sometimes until one o'clock in the morning answering emails um because i get a lot like the other cabinet members do and as well as the councillors um so but to be honest the money side although it would always be lovely to have a little bit more money in your pocket the money side of things doesn't really bother me because my my it's it's almost like an added bonus to be paid for this mm. job. Yes, you have to work really hard, but equally, I've chosen to do this. So, and I knew that you've got a very basic allowance, um, which is still more than some councillors get across the country. You know, it's not the worst in the world. Um, but yeah, people seem quite surprised. They assumed that I would be on a significant amount of money and when they know i mean it's all public knowledge that you i think councillors a basic allowance is around about eleven thousand. being a cabinet member is is eight thousand pounds so you know you're looking at 19 before tax because you still get taxed even though you're a councillor and it's well, an allowance so yeah. you know <laughs> and, and i guess that that's where i'm coming from to be fair you know it, it it's it, it is paying you know, eleven thousand pounds. That's not even paying minimum. You know, it's no. not paying minimum wage. No. So there's an element of, you know, again, I'll, I'll share my perspective, which is, uh, and the unpopular bit of it for me is that, you know, I think the amount of money we pay MPs is an abject disgrace, mm. because I think you are, the risk is that you are always going to get people for whom, you know, if you look at the role of an MP and the profile that that brings. And you look at the 24-7 exposure, Central Westminster location, that's a £200,000 a year job. Mm. And 
I think at the local level, you know, for me, we, we expect so much of our councillors, and you would have seen that already, um, yet we don't, we don't pay an allowance which would allow them, you know, unless they can do it charitably, mm. you know, and, you know, you've shared, you've, you've got a family, that there's an enormous amount of sacrifice. And I think that's a barrier to, I think it's a barrier to diversity. It, it truly is. I've got to say, I know a lot of people that potentially would like to stand, but because they have full time jobs or a family, they don't feel like they could do. Um, so and it took me a while um, and a lot of persuading to to even consider it. because I thought there would be no no way that I could manage my time around it. And, and luckily, I've learned to manage my time around it. Um, pretty quickly so I am very lucky and I do have a really good support network behind me and my family that will mm. take my children if I need to or pick them up from school um but I mean I'll be brutally honest I don't know any councillor that has um you know gone through the election period got elected and done it for the money um I don't know anyone no. like that at all which but equally I think that's because because it's not a significant amount of money that you would expect in a full-time position at any other job I think it like I thought it's just an added bonus to be sort of help with my childcare costs if I need it and yeah so yeah. I can understand what you're saying though it would always be lovely to have a bit more money but then I suppose at the same time where does that money come from you know you've got yeah, to find, no. find the yeah. money for it uh, absolutely I, I guess the, it's just the more I reflect on it there, there's an element of you know, the, the money the money isn't an incentive in, no. in this regard for me. It, it, it is about empowering people from diverse backgrounds to be yeah. able to dedicate the time and the energy to, you know, to effectively helping the people of our city and, and, and moving on together. So, yeah, you know, no, and I, I do agree with you that, I mean, if I found it hard to make a decision to stand knowing, knowing that, you know, that's the sort of wage you would be expecting, I can't. I can't necessarily or wouldn't expect anyone who is working full time to then decide, you know what, I would like to stand, but I might have to drop my hours in, or I might even have to stop working to because the councillor role can be quite full on and quite time consuming. Um, and then that would, I suppose, with a lot of people, I know if my husband, which he would never want to stand, he's already made that blatantly clear to me, he thinks <laughs> I'm barking at times. Um but he would take a, a, a pay drop to be a counsellor, so to speak. So, yep. you know, you can't expect that from people. And it, I would love to have a more diverse council with, you know, lots more women, um, with people with disabilities, because everyone has a different perspective. And I think that's you should have that on a council. Lots of different perspectives feeding in to make the city better. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Thank you, Kimberly. Is there anything else that you'd just like to share with our listeners before we uh, before we close out this evening? Um, just a big thank you to everyone, particularly to the people in Milton for, for putting their trust in me, you know, um, and regardless how people voted, you know, myself and my war colleagues, Ben and Gerald, we're always more than happy to help everyone. Um, but just to the people of Portsmouth who are listening, you know, I, I really look forward to being able to work for you guys because that's what I'm doing is working for you. Um, and if you've got any ideas with greening projects or, or anything you want to feedback, then get in contact with me or, or whoever's portfolio it involves because we, um, we're not scary. We don't bite. Um, we'd love to hear your ideas. And, yeah, we're just willing to listen. 
Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you. You've, you've been listening to the Pompey Politics Podcast. And our guest has been Kimberly Barrett. And he's been Ian Tiny Morris. And, and I've been, been... <laughs> Sorry, go on. We the haven't worked out how to do the end yet since we since we changed our strap. Yeah. Okay. Let's do the music and then we can all start getting drunk. You're the birthday, you're the birthday. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. If you want to make sure you get notifications about upcoming shows and get to know when we're live, we normally broadcast live 6.27pm on a Sunday evening, then follow us on Facebook at Pompey Politics Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Pompey Politics One. Please, if you'd like to, feel free to leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and you can even ask Alexa to play the podcast for you. Alexa, play the latest episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. Getting Pompey Politics Podcast, blue and yellow till we die from Amazon Music. Alexa, play the latest episode. Stop. See? It's easy.